the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christos Anesti. Christ is risen. And Messiah come. Congratulations on the glorious feast of the resurrection. The resurrection is considered the feast of feasts. Because as St. Paul says, if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty, and your faith is empty. And if Christ is not risen, then your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. And yesterday we spoke about how sin ruins the soul, how sin degrades man, how it ruined mankind. And when I say mankind, I mean me. Sin ruined me. Sin destroyed my life. Sin made me be like an animal. Sin lost, made me lose my value. I became like a withering organ, returning to the dust that I was created. And sadly, we said, when we sin, we become devilish. We become devils. We become... When we sin, we become like the devils. But the God of mercy and the God of all love could not bear to see mankind to degrade to such low levels. So in the fullness of time, he sent the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. As David says in the Psalms, he says, As far as the east is from the west, So far as he has removed our transgressions, he has moved my sin from us. Our God, who hates sin, our God hates sin, yet he sent his Son, God in the flesh, the Logos, to become friend of sinners. The God, who hates sin, sent his Logos to become Friend of sinners, not because the Lord tolerates sin. God forbid, God is holy and he has no tolerance for sin. And that's why when the Lord was speaking to the adulterous woman, he said, I do not condemn you, I do not. But he told the adulterous woman, go and sin no more, sin no more. But how can one sin no more? How can one sin no more? Is it possible? It seems impossible. But rising from the dead also seems impossible. Being born of a virgin seems impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And God willing, tonight I want to speak to you about what the resurrection does for our life. The first thing that resurrection does for me, or did for mankind, is it destroyed Satan and sin, and all the consequences and all the garbage that we talked about yesterday, the resurrection destroyed all of that. And that's why St. Paul in the epistle, the Pauline epistle of today, he taunts sin, and he taunts death. He taunts it. He says, Oh death, where is your sting? Oh Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death 
is sin. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And St. Paul in his epistle to the Romans, he says, The old man, the old man was crucified with Christ. The body of sin might be done away with. The body of sin, the sin that I keep doing, it's done, it's dead. That we should no longer be a slave of sin. No longer should we become slaves of sin. Because the resurrection, because of the power of the resurrection, no longer does sin have to have dominion in my life. No longer does sin have to rule over me. That's why I love when we pray in the Gregorian liturgy. St. Gregory, he says, You slain my sin in your tomb. The sin is left in the tomb. You might say, Abuna, Abuna, I know what you're saying. Thank you. You didn't say thank you. But see, Anna, you're saying, that's a nice quote. That's a very nice quote. But this isn't applicable to my life. I, I, I sin, and I have, and sin is still ruling my body. Why is sin still ruling my body? I think that's like a very loaded question. But I'm going to give you some thoughts to that question. So each person can take what is edifying to them. Why is sin still ruling in my body when there is resurrection and there is power over sin? I think sometimes sin is still ruling in my body because I don't believe in the resurrection. I don't have faith in God. I don't believe that God can change me. I don't believe that I am a saint in the church. Do you believe you are saints in the church? Do you believe it? Men, you are called to be the Saint Mark of this time, the evangelists of this time. And men, you are called to be the Saint Anthony's of this time. I'm going to go through the saints on the iconostasis. Everyone, you are supposed to be like them. And the women, you are to be like Saint Damiana. You are to be like... St. Mary of Egypt, you are supposed to be like St. Justina. You are the saints of this time. Children, you are the St. Abanub of this time. You are. Do you believe that? Well, you don't believe it. If you don't believe it, you wonder why we still slaves of sin. And then the kids say, oh, we're so bored in church, and we'd, why are we doing this, and this is so... But you are St. Abanub of the time. And St. Abanub became a martyr. And he's a child witness to, the, to Christ. And he's a little boy. He's 12 years old. If you answered no to any of these questions, you don't believe in the resurrection. We are the saints of this time. Not because we are good. Not because we are good. In fact, we are very bad. But because of God's grace. Because of His resurrection. Because of His strength. Because of His power. We can be the saints of this time. But the question is, do you believe that resurrection is a source of power? That you can be these saints? Look at what St. Paul says in Corinthians Chapter 6, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. In this chapter, St. Paul, he rebukes the Corinthians for their sexual immorality of the time. 
And he says, now the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. And the Lord for the body. And God both raised up the Lord and will raise us up with his power. You see what St. Paul is saying here? Is that the key, the secret to defeating sin and sexual immorality is not by my strength. It can't be by my strength. It is not by my power. This power comes by believing in the resurrection. And belief is the key. Do you believe in the resurrection? Do you believe? When the Lord resurrected Lazarus from the dead, He asked Martha several times, Do you believe? Do you believe? He said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever believes in me shall never die. And then he says, do you believe this? Do you? Do you believe this? And she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is come into the world. And when they came near the tomb and they started to smell Lazarus in the tomb, in the stench, Martha said, Kefeh, Lord, it's okay. That's, we're done. And what did the Lord tell her? What did the Lord tell her? She said, he said to her, did I not say to you, if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? If you believe, you will see the glory of God. Do you believe in the power of the resurrection? Do you? It's a question for you. You might say, Abuna, I believe in the power of the resurrection. I fast, I pray, I read the Bible, but I am still defeated by sin. I still feel that sin has dominion over me. Then you can experience the power of the resurrection through... Repentance. I fall in sin, but I don't have to stay in sin. I will arise. I will go back to my loving Father. And that's why St. Paisa experienced the power of resurrection because of her repentance. St. John heard a voice of God that said, Her one hour of repentance... Her one hour of repentance has brought her more than the penitence or the penitence of many who persevere without showing such fervor in repentance. She repented and she experienced the power of the resurrection and she lived far after her repentance. But she experienced the power of resurrection through her repentance. How about Demas, Demas the thief. Huh? The wise thief. How did he experience the resurrection? He experienced the resurrection through his repentance. And he rebuked the other thief and confessed his sin and said, Do you not even fear God? 
seeing that you are under the same condemnation, and we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our sins. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Every time we fall in sin, we can be renewed by his resurrection through repentance. Question for you. St. Mary of Egypt. St. Mary of Egypt, Hannah. Is she a virgin? Is she a virgin? Adol. Huh? Yes or no? I want to know. So let me ask you another question. Let me ask you another question. Is Saint Mary of Egypt, is she the bride of Christ? Is she the bride of Christ? That should be? Yes. She is bride of Christ. Can the bride of Christ be unfaithful? Can the bride of Christ be defiled? Saint Mary of Egypt. She was renewed through resurrection. The old Mary, she was not a virgin. She was not. The new Saint Mary, virgin. Virgin. She was spotless. That's the power of resurrection. That's the power of resurrection to make new. And that's why, look at what St. Paul he says to the Corinthians. He says, do you not know that the unrighteous will inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, neither idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. And such were, at Mahdi, in the past, you were some of the, you were some, some of you were. But you were washed. You were washed. You are new. You are sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. No longer does sin have to have dominion over me. This is the first fruit of resurrection. The second fruit of resurrection is that now I can have hope. Now I can have hope. I can trust in the promises of God. I can trust in the promises of God. I can endure suffering. I can endure pain. I can endure shame. I can endure ridicule. I can endure all of these things. I can carry my cross. Why? Because there is a... There's a resurrection. And so we have hope of the resurrection. So if we find that the world is not fair to me, if we find that we are poor like Lazarus, or we feel we are in sickness and we have trial and tribulation, we know that life doesn't end here. This is only one part. Or rather, this life is only part one. And part two is coming. And part two is awesome. Part two is awesome. So I will gladly, gladly, I will gladly endure 
the suffering of part one to enjoy part two. I have hope in this. And that's why St. Paul, in the last verse of 1 Corinthians 15, he said, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the word of the Lord, knowing that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. Your faith, your belief in resurrection should make you immovable. Immovable. I love today, this morning, we were reading the story of the three youth who were thrown in, in the fire. And I was touched by how immovable these three youth were. When King Nebuchadnezzar, imagine King Nebuchadnezzar, the emperor who conquered the entire like, known like, world at that time. And they are standing before the emperor. And the king is telling them to their face, If you don't bow down and worship this idol, I'm going to throw you into a furnace. And you are going to burn. You know what the three youths said then? They said, Oh Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, who we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And He will deliver us from your hand, O King. But if He doesn't, if not, let it be known to you, O King, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Wow. Wow. What immovable people. What people, what kind of youth that have hope of resurrection before the resurrection. They have hope in a resurrection before the resurrection. They didn't even see the resurrection. And they have hope in the resurrection. I wonder, what's our excuse why we don't have hope? I wonder why. St. John, in his epistle, he says, And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, just as he is pure. This hope, Allah wants, I want to purify myself. So the resurrection gives me hope. The resurrection gives me hope. The last thing is that resurrection allows me to be in union with Christ. To be in union with Christ. The broken iPad that we spoke about yesterday is restored. And St. Paul goes so far to say, it's past being restored. Now you are members of Christ's body, of his flesh and of his bones. I want you to imagine now that you are in the body of Christ. You are in the body of Christ. You are Christ's finger. You are his hand. You are his, his members of his body. How did I become members of his body? How? Through the resurrection. Through baptism. I was grafted into his body. And now I can have intimacy with Christ. Because Christ has made me like him. Christ has made me like him. And he has glorified man to an extent that is unfathomable. To an extent that we can't understand. 
Look at what St. Paul says in the Pauline that we read today. 1 Corinthians 15, and read the whole thing 60 million times. He says in 1 Corinthians 15, he says, As man was dust, of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. If you're from dust, the dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, you bore the image of the man of dust, so now we shall bear the image of the, the heavenly man. We shall bear the image of the heavenly man. Are you carnal? Or are you a spiritual man? Is your God your belly? Or is God the God of heaven? St. Paul says we are married to Christ. And as I was thinking about marriage, two people who are married together, they must be... comparable. They must be comparable. A man cannot marry an animal. That would be... maybe in a few years, and shoof that, but it's not now. They are not comparable. It's not comparable. And that is why God said, when He created woman, He said, I will make him a helper comparable to Him. I will make a helper comparable to Him. So when St. Paul says, we are married to Christ, that must mean we are comparable to Christ. We dust, we who are sinners, yet God in His grace and His love exalted man to be comparable with Christ. How did He do this? Through His resurrection. And in this relationship, there is preeminence. Think about this relationship between Christ. There is preeminence. There is superiority. Yet there is, in a weird mysterious way, some sort of compatibility, some sort of comparability, some sort of equality. I'll let you think about that for what that means for marriage. This feast is not about food. It is not about your dress. It is about resurrection to transform your life. This resurrection calls us to a new life, away from sin, A life of repentance. The resurrection gives us hope. And the resurrection gives us intimacy with God. To be comparable with God. To be in the glory with God. I hope all of us consider this wonderful grace that God has given us today. And glory be to God forever. Amen.